Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're talking about observations again. Last time, we talked about observations as a tool, a tool for adults to see what children are capable of, where children are, and what, if anything, do I need to do to help a child. It's an important tool for us as Montessori teachers, but it's vital for working with children of seeing, has the work that we've done prepared you for this situation of having trouble with your zipper or having a disagreement with a friend or any situation, or do you need more or different skills? There's another type of observation that we see all the time, and that's between children. It's a huge, huge way humans learn, watching, and nobody needs to tell a child, watch this. From infancy, children are learning to talk through watching From their earliest days, children will watch the mouths of their primary caretakers and even start to mimic those movements. So they're always watching. They're always observing. And it's a way they learn without even being told to watch. And observation is so compelling in a Montessori classroom, especially for children under age six. They're almost drawn to work that their peers are doing. Sometimes it's big work that they won't be ready for for years. uh, And they're just compelled to watch it because they're so enamored by this older friend or fascinated by the multiple steps required in order to complete a project. And sometimes what a child observes is a great cue to us as adults and teachers to see, oh, this child always watches whenever somebody takes out table washing or whenever somebody takes out sandpaper letters. Maybe it's because they're ready for it. And so even what a child observes is important data for us as teachers if we're observing to see what a child might be ready for. There's been more than one occasion where a child has watched something from afar, from the snack table, or from across the classroom in an observation chair, watching the goings-on of a classroom. They're always watching, taking everything in, how children walk around or don't walk around rugs, tuck in their chairs, see how children function when they're members of this community, and watching how children use particular materials. It's happened more than once that a child has seen a material taken out again and again and again. And even if we haven't directly shown them that material, they take out the work and complete it perfectly. A child might not need their own over-invitation or instruction on how to build this puzzle, how to build the pink tower or the binomial cube, or how to use painting appropriately, all the steps that are required from setting up your paper using the clothespin to painting with the selected colors to putting it on the tray for it to dry and then cleaning the whole process. There are even long sequences of work that children sometimes don't need instruction on in order for them to be successful because 
their skills of observing have been so honed as their primary mode of learning over those first few years of their life that now that we're in an academic or what we think of as a more overt learning situation, those skills are already so refined that they're using them to learn different tasks or different materials. Observation is how children learn to eat. Uh, they watch the people around them putting spoon to mouth and they start doing the same movements. It's how children learn to talk. They're mimicking mouth movements. It's how children learn to walk. And we even see this when children are enacting mannerisms of people near and dear to them. That looks just like their big brother, or they walk just like their mom does. They hold their hands just like somebody they spend a lot of time with. They're not even conscious of how much these powers of observation are impacting their learning and their development. And so we capitalize on this. In the classroom, observing is a work choice. If we see a child observing, sometimes that concentration on observing is so wrapped that it's the same kind of concentration we'd see as if the child herself were using that material. Children at this young age learn by doing, but they also learn so much through watching others work, watching their peers and watching adults work. And so just as we wouldn't break a child's concentration if they were working with a material, if we see those same signs of observation, stillness, quiet, an intense focus, um, and a refinement of movement, those are the signs of concentration that we look for in a child's work. We look for those when a child's observing, and we wouldn't break that concentration any more than if a child herself was using that material. We also respect the child who is being observed. So if the observation turns into not so much of an observation, but more of a participation or group activity, as sometimes happens, oh, you're no longer observing. Let's go find you work of your own. Which is not to say that observation isn't work. Observation is absolutely a work choice. But just like any other material, it needs to be used in the right way. As long as it's not impeding another's ability to learn, observation is a work choice. Just as as long as it's not impeding another's ability to learn, any material that's available to you is a work choice. So we hope this has offered some information about observation and how it appears in a Montessori classroom or how you might see it outside of the classroom in a home environment. In this two-part series on observation of adults about children's activities and observation of children of adults and of their peers. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at Bondec.org. Until next time.